Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love the Zeta Project podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 140. Absolute Zero and Wired Part One. Hi, pals. It's time for Season 2 of The Zeta Project. I'm Al. I'm Maggie. And, yeah, that thing I said. Mm-hmm. It's Season uh, 2 of The Zeta Project. We did it. We all did it. Yeah, we reviewed six weeks of a show that is a is a speed bump mm-hmm. on, I think I already said this, a speed bump on the way to Justice League. Yep. Um it's weird because the 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 first one feels more like a season finale. There's a couple of things at the oh, end. Oh, it sure does. Like, you know, and the like something changes in the in the production that mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a minute. But um, they, Wikipedia told me this is this is how it breaks down. So who knows? Weird. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, the the like I was worried, and I think you were worried too. The jump to season two meant like oh, they some big things change and. Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. So far, it's okay. Yeah, I, I pretty much, I, I like these either two. Just, yeah, I, the first know. one more than the second, sure. I think. But, but you know, yeah, I did too. It's like, all right, I'm yeah. listening to you, show. But again, we only have six more weeks to do. So. Yeah. So if we don't like it, who gives a shit? Yeah, even if it's just like all like West and Bucky for the rest of the time. Uh, if it's Bucky, I'm gonna have a real problem. Oh, we'll get to that. Oh boy, we sure fucking will. That. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But first, why don't I tell you about Absolute Zero? Mm-hmm. Okay, first let's answer the pressing question on everyone's mind. Did they change that god-awful credit sequence for season two, or at the very least change it to something equally but differently god-awful? Pals, they did not. Which I suppose makes sense when you consider that doing so would mean spending money. And that is not how we roll here on TZP. <laughs> Our tale opens at a top-secret facility run by Advanced Research and Development. Official motto, we are not AIM from Marvel Comics. Please stop asking us that. (laughs) Roe and Zeta are up to their usual scam trickery as they infiltrate the place in their usual series of crazy disguises. Of course, Zeta immediately ditches his effective disguise as soon as he enters the building, switching back to his default cute boy mode. Tactically, this seems like a bad move, but uh, you were paying attention when I mentioned the spending money thing, right? You think new animation models are cheap? Actually, I have no no idea how much it would cost this production to make a new animation model every time Z assumes a new form. But I do know that creating a show where the main character regularly turns into other people feels like a mistake if you can't actually afford to realize that concept on screen. Ro, for her part, slips into the place disguised as an industrial-sized drum of something. Man, these disguises. A dog? A barrel? Ridiculous. <laughs> Very proud of that one. Thank you. <laughs> Turns out our guys have finally pinned down the elusive Dr. Selig, which is what brings them here to definitely not AIM. And Zeta even manages to make contact with the guy, disguised as some other scientist Selig is here to meet, but really just looking like cute boy Zeta again wearing a lab coat because, oh, you know why. Uh, then, But then some shenanigans begin to shenan again, and Selig accidentally falls into a cryonic pr- preservation tube. Inexplicably, he does not say, here's to another lousy millennium before this happens. <laughs> Meanwhile, look out, it's Bennett, gets a call from his superior officer, voiced by Star Trek's own Michael Dorn, and actually drawn to look a bit like Michael Dorn. General Mike orders Bennett not to pursue Zeta this week because of some top secret whatever at that cryo lab. Bennett hangs up and then thinks, you know, talking to that Star Trek officer makes me want to disobey orders and just do whatever the hell I want. So he does that. He enters fake AIM disguised as Scruffy and Washbucket, but not much comes of this because the rest of the episode is just Zeta slowly rescuing Selig and then escaping again. Oh, and Bennett getting yelled at by the Wharf Master General and revealing that Agent Lee is the one who threw Bennett under the bus. Is there a word for someone who narks on narks? Then she quits the NSA, ostensibly because she doesn't think they should be hounding Zeta and Roe, but we all know the real reason. Good luck with all that, she says to West's new long-suffering partner and walks backwards, holding up all three middle fingers. Hey, it's the future. We can have as many middle fingers as we want. Getting one is as, as easy as getting a tattoo. You just have to sort of picture it in your mind because we are definitely not drawing another finger on this character. You think we're made of money? <laughs> she got the uh, Zephod Beeblebrock surgery. Uh-huh. They'll just glue one on. She fucking, <clears throat> like, she she basically drops her cool, cool men in black shades like like a microphone and mm-hmm. walks away like, yep, I'm out. You know what? Fuck this, actually. Yeah, and I hope, like, we don't know from the next episode yet, but I hope mm-hmm. we come back with her doing whatever it is she's going to do next. Oh, I would love that so much. Because, yeah, he, she's like, yeah, what we're doing here is kind of shitty, man. Also, I got to work with that guy. Uh-huh. Every, 
every fucking day with this guy. And I didn't cover this in my summary, but there's a there's a bit where we see their their training, uh, like their training sequence. Mm-hmm. I was going to call it. You know, the the go through the obstacle course, like yeah. the, when we first see um, uh, uh, Clarice in Silence of the Lambs, which mm-hmm. is like climbing over the wall and swinging on the rope. And yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's supposed to be a teamwork thing, and he just leaves everyone behind mm-hmm. and like rings the bell or whatever, and like I win, I did and, it, I'm the fastest. Oh god, and. Is there any better visual metaphor for privilege? <laughs> I stepped on all these women and people of color, and yep. I single-handedly won. Yep, I, <laughs> I know did they it. didn't mean it. They didn't mean it that way, but uh, it really works out that way. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> then Bennett uh, kicks him off, and he falls like twelve feet. I'm just, <laughs> yep. The weird thing is, he doesn't dangle first. No, he's usually dangling. He dangles so much. He's a real dangler, this mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> he's like a human booger. He just hangs on. Mm-hmm. No one will blow their nose and clear away the West. Nope. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was uh, this was a pretty good one. I had fun watching this one. You know? Yeah. Well, let's go into your good thing. Uh, yeah. No, I actually really like this one. It felt like they finally got somewhere with that plot that's been a driving force for the entire series up to this point. Mm-hmm. Like. Selleck's right there. You found him. I mean, he's in a coma, but still, look, something happened. I enjoyed watching this something happen. Good job, Zeta. I was expecting to hate all of this. Yeah, same. That's uh, actually kind of dovetails into mine, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, when I heard the NSA became more sympathetic in season two because it was produced just after 9-11, I was bracing myself for something awful. And I still don't love the idea from a nationalistic propaganda standpoint, but narratively, it's nice that the bad guys like Bennett and Lee both are starting to feel more like actual people with actual motivations. Mm. Like, I get a sense of like, this is the first time I've I've spent a minute with Bennett where he's not just yelling at his guys. It's yeah. him. And he's like, I want to catch this guy. I don't care what my boss said. I'm going to go do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, of course. Yes. I said this in my summer. We saw it in a hundred Star Treks. We've seen it in everything. It's not original or new, but it's like. Okay, but at least I know what kind of guy this guy is. Yeah. That's something. Bennett, we need you to not chase after this robot for like What's that? You're You're breaking up. You all all heard him him say you need to chase after this robot, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I I heard. (laughs) Thanks, West. Mm Mm-hmm. He just shows up later. He's like, yeah, they said to keep chasing the guy. Mm Mm-hmm. West, did you listen at all? No, of course not. What? Listen. Nobody huh? told me to do that, or they might have, but I wasn't listening. I don't know. What? No. I think I think they were going for kind of an ironic thing mm-hmm. where Bennett's uh, lecturing West about teamwork and then goes off and does his own thing as a lone wolf. Yep. Which I kind of like. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I was I was sort of making up that other metaphor, but I think this was intentional, and that was actually some good, like, like subtextual thing there. Gotta be a team, stupid. Now everyone mm-hmm. do what I tell them. Now everyone look the other way while I go on a solo mission. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm gonna disguise myself as a janitor. Mm-hmm. He had the robot, like the floating, like the the floating mop bucket. I was like, where have I seen? Oh, right, wharf bucket. Yep. Scrubby's friend... gonna die the way he lived. <laughs> our uh, our our good friend Chris Page, who I don't think we've had on any of these shows. But, I don't uh, think so. We've known him for years. He's yeah. a great dude. Sometimes we have um, friends who don't come on the show. Yeah. Uh, he legitimately thinks that the Futurama episode where everyone switches brains and we end up having a weird love story between uh, Scruffy and Washbucket Mm-mm. is like one of the most touching romance scenes in anything ever. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. No, hearing him, like he gets this gleam in his eye when he's talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just, it's such a, such a beautiful story. <laughs> I love Chris Page. We should have him on the show. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely should. Um, But yeah, I mean, Bennett, ultimately ended up not mattering in the episode at all it doesn't mm-hmm. you know apart from lee quitting well i mean like this you know the episode feels like it should be about like Selix here finally we finally fucking yeah. found him we can't yeah. do anything but uh no he he said exactly five words and then he went into a tube mm-hmm. well i mean that kind of gets into my good thing which or my bad mm-hmm. thing which is uh-huh. why do people on this show keep ending up in evil auto stealing tubes I don't know. It's probably like the writer's room thinking about what what is dangerous in the future? What kind of things would happen to a future man? Well, like, dangerous tubes. tubes are definitely an issue because mm-hmm. you can't uh, you can't get out of them once you're inside of them. You just have to live in the tube. I, You know, I saw dangerous tubes at Lollapalooza in 97. They were pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they opened for Lookout, it's Bennett. <laughs> Love of course, everyone guys. knows that's a lie. Nobody opened for another band at Lollapalooza. It was a festival. Mm-hmm. 
You just had bands into bands into bands. Yeah, exactly. I guess the first band that had to play, they're like, well, I guess we're opening. I guess we're the opening act, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, speaking of the whole cryo chamber thing, mm-hmm. um, my bad thing. Yes. The reveal of Zeta. So, like, you know, he, he does, and I don't know if this is from T2. I couldn't remember, but it felt very T2. Mm-hmm. Where, well, it's a robot carrying someone, yeah. Well, no, no, before, before like, when he's going in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's walking slowly <clears throat> as he's gradually freezing, and the, the mist is sort of covering him. And, you know, they did the best they could with their limited budget. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it looked pretty good, but, but I got a real... T2 vibe where it's like, this is dangerous, but I must save someone and I'm going to keep going through the dangerous thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah. And then he emerges, like, we're not sure if he's going to get the guy out. I mean, of course he is because it's a kid's cartoon, Mm -hmm. but, but you know, the idea is we're not supposed to know. And he uses his little, I guess he's, I guess he's got a chest cavity like Bender that serves as like an incubator for baby chicks. Yeah. That was, that was my assumption. I'm 30% incubator. Donk, donk. donk. Uh, this episode brought to you by Futurama. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can't just have a robot in tubes and not expect us to talk about Futurama. Yeah. That's, that, that shows 90% robots in tubes. Donk, donk. <laughs> donk, donk. <laughs> um, but uh, when he comes out of the thing, like, I really liked him going in. Like I said, uh-huh. it reminded me of, of a very good movie about a killing robot that becomes, like, compassionate. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a good thing to, like... The Iron Giant and T2 are your touchstones for this. Yeah, good robot they, movies. Yeah, good robot movies about killer robots who don't want to kill anyone, mm-hmm. which is the premise of this show. That's that's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when he comes out of the thing and he's holding Selig, un, you know, unconscious but alive in his arms and he's yep. sort of slumped over, the the score starts playing this music. And you're not going to know this re- reference, but but wait, there is a Simpsons reference. Oh, good. So. Thank God. Uh there's a movie from the early 80s called An Officer and a Gentleman, mm-hmm. and I honestly don't know a lot of the story, but it ends with him going to wherever it is his wife works. I want to say it's like a factory, uh, and he carries her out, and the implication is they're they're about to go off and have sex. Right. Yeah. Whatever. I think it was Love Lift Us Up Where We Belong, and if it wasn't, it was something that sounds a lot like Love that. Lift Us Up Where We yeah. Belong. You know, that kind of shitty sure. 80s power ballad that, that swells up and <clears throat> yeah exactly where love. the eagles fly mm-hmm. on a mountain um, high but you would know this of course as the end of the homer bowling ball episode yep. where homer carries marge off to have sex because yep. it's a you know that that's that itself is a reference to that but it like and i went and looked at the clip on youtube to make sure i wasn't crazy and it it does the shot is the same where he's carrying her and it's not she, you know, she's not in danger. The sure. idea is he's been neglecting her and now he's going to pay some attention to her and they're going to go fuck. And mm-hmm. like, I, honestly, as I remember, it's a pretty good romantic moment. Like, I'm sorry I've been shitty, but now let's go, let's go make up and make out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh this, that's, that's an old man who is your creator. You're not going to fuck him while he's unconscious or at all, I hope. I, it, it, this show took a turn. <laughs> I just, it, like I say, the angles in the music really evoked a very specific pop culture thing yeah. that I don't think they meant to, but wow. I am going back to my car with my creator, and I'm not going to be back for 10 minutes. For 10.67432, you know, you got to do the robot thing. 10 of your Earth minutes. Mm-hmm. 7,000 microseconds. Ro, what is a minute? People in the past used them to tell time. Oh, oh that's God. stupid. <laughs> time? What is Time. <laughs> Uh, we're going to be here a while on this one. Uh-huh. Please don't explain time to me. Mm-hmm. Time. Time. I was uh, told I like... it was the fire in which we burn. <laughs> Who told you that? I perceive time as a hunter. Oh, wait. That was that cyborg that chased Superman around back in the uh, 20th century. Mm-hmm. It's time to kill Superman. Mm-hmm. I've been walking on the ocean floor for quite some time. <laughs> I'm very bored. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to the hood <laughs> to stop this guy who sounds like Bennett's boss, actually. <laughs> it's a very small universe, this one. Everyone's descended from somebody, I guess. Mm-hmm. That guy's descended from Wally West, the Flash. Yes, huh? we know who that is now. Lex Luthor told us. Wah, bah. <laughs> Hawk Girl is on point. <laughs> Um, Time to hit something with my Morse. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, at the beginning when they're tricking themselves in, I thought it was actually a good, like, it was a good 
drop people in who are watching for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like here's a here's sort of a typical heisty type thing that these guys do. Like it was particularly clever, I thought. Mm-hmm. Roe distracted the guard while while uh, Zeta disguised himself as the oh, guard yeah. who was off, and it was good. They and then Roe the the thing Roe dis- like distracted him with was mm-hmm. a bag of groceries, which she then hands to an unhoused woman, which yeah. I thought was a nice touch. Like it it good economy of storytelling, mm-hmm. like because it shows you. They're trying to sneak in. They're trying to out with the government, but they're also kind. Yeah, they're also nice people. Yeah, your, uh, wanna, save the wanna, cat moment. They want to. Yeah, exactly. I was. That was just like there was no need to put that in, other than oh yeah, Roe talks tough, and they're doing some sort of anti-establishment stuff. But yeah. they're they are very good people. Well, it's re- it really like it's like you said. Like if if you've never seen the first season or any episode before, like it's a yeah. great like. Yeah, that should be the opening credits. Honestly, it tells you everything you need to know about uh, yeah. about the characters, except that it's Bennett is here. Mm-hmm. But then he shows up later, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like. I, I that's one of my favorite things. One of my favorite yeah. writing writing things is anything that can sort of get a lot of important narrative points across while feeling natural mm-hmm. and also not going on forever. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that did all of those things. So that was good. See, now you get it. Yeah. Um. I hope they don't keep jerking us around, like because yes, he did meet Selig, but he never got to tell him he was Zeta. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay, we we may, we move forward a tiny bit, yeah. But that was it. But I, I mean, you know, the fact that the next episode is a two-parter, and at the very least, the first part doesn't have any any Selig in it. I don't think he's going to be in it. Yeah. He, um, did you? I don't think they said it in the episode, but just in case, because sometimes I do miss stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you pick up on what he's doing there? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because they made a whole thing about when the when the facility starts going in lockdown and they're like, there could be hazardous stuff in there. And the, the head of the place is like, what are you working on? And his assistant goes, uh, never mind, nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, they made a big deal out of the fact that whatever his project is now is top secret. Oh, that's interesting. And Bennett was told, this is above your pay grade. Yeah. You don't have the clearance. Don't go you there. Don't. So what that, whatever the fuck he's working on is, is even higher clearance than... Like, an, uh, you know, an NSA field mm. leader or whatever. So, like, it seems like a pretty big deal, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's probably another Zeta. It could be. Zeta Tujicked. But Well, here we already saw that guy. Oh, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he followed him to, to made, made up a stand or whatever that country mm-hmm. was. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have a brother now. What they should have called him was the Zeta Project Two in keeping my in keeping with the naming conventions of RoboCop Two. Yep. <laughs> to this day, I was talking about RoboCop Two the other day with uh, Devlin, mm-hmm. who's a, a great RoboCop fan. Absolutely. Uh, and by which I mean they literally wrote their fucking masters like thing on uh, <laughs> on RoboCop. Yep. Um, but uh, I, I just I'm fascinated by the idea that the movie is called RoboCop Two, and there's a character in it called RoboCop Two. It's honestly. It's a good. It's a really good idea. Yeah, it, no, it is. It's just you know, mm-hmm. it, you don't see that very often. That also leads to like the best part of that movie, which is the parade of shitty RoboCop twos. Yep. And of course, my favorite, my absolute favorite part of that movie that mm-hmm. has stuck with me all these years is a tiny little visual joke where you see the POV from RoboCop two, where his operating system looks like a Macintosh. Mm-hmm. And there's a pull down menu, and instead of a little apple, it's a skull. Mm. That's the best thing. That's fucking. That's adorable. I love that. And back in like '91 or whenever that was, mm-hmm. '90, '89, you know, some late '80s, early '90s. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Um, like that was, you know, the Mac was only five years old at that sure. point. So that was a like, like, oh, I get. Oh, that's good. That's a good joke. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's you know, blink if you miss it kind of thing. Too. Yeah. Now, what was uh, your favorite part of RoboCop Three? Uh, the ninja, you're talking about the ninja assassin who's described as, quote, doing lots of backflips? That's the one. You just want me to say that. I do. I still haven't seen RoboCop 3 to this day, and I probably never will. Mm-hmm. Well, why would you? It's uh, it's It looks terrible. Yeah, Peter Weller told me don't bother. Mm-hmm. And I uh, do everything Peter Weller tells me. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm always freezing, creep. <laughs> uh, what else about this episode? What else not indeed a, about, about this, this episode? Let's see here. You mentioned this in the summary, but uh, the barrel of Roe was very funny to me. I like when they turn into stuff. Yeah. Or... They did that like twice or three times in this episode. Like they turn Roe into a pile of coats at one point. Yep. Yep. 
I mean, I'm still, and this might have been from the first episode or the first pair of episodes, mm. like when when they did the uh, two person pregnant woman thing. Yep, yep. That was also very good. Mm-hmm. Like whenever they don't just turn into two people, but but sort of get creative with it. Well, I like I like the like the the thing that they give themselves where it's like, well, no, he can't change other people, but he can like if he's yeah, touching extend it or the, extend the hologram field to incorporate her. So like, yeah, he can be him and a pile of coats or a barrel with her head sticking out of no, it, which is a wonderful some, visual. But sometimes he makes her into other people. Mm-hmm. He he can do that, but I think she has to stay close to him. Is what mm-hmm. the deal is. Like, if they start running, she has to run exactly the same speed yeah. as him or, you know. Which is a problem if, look out, it's Bennett. Right. Uh, what else? Uh, let's see. Evil Tubes. Mm-hmm. Selick, Selick really looked like somebody. Yeah, to me, he sounded like somebody. Mm-hmm. I thought, he for a minute, he sounded to me like James Garner, who, you know, your boy Rockford. I do love James Garner. Uh, it was not him, though. I no. looked it up, and it's, it, he is a, char- a, a prominent character actor, but not someone I recognize, mm. so uh, why would I bother writing that down? Yeah, exactly. Because I don't know who it is, so. But, like, he looks like Doc Brown and Frasier had a baby. I could see that. And then it, it is one of those, future. like, like w- these shows with sort of the limited, you know, it's usually the Bruce Timm style, where mm-hmm. they manage to make a distinctive face. It's like, well, hmm, you must have modeled that after somebody. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it. They did it on Static all the time, where it's like, well, clearly yeah. you need to be somebody, because, like, you look like... Well, I mean, Coolio was Coolio. Sure, but I didn't yeah. know that, like, right away. Yeah. Because I don't know what Coolio looks like off the top of my head. Mm. Well, uh, now he looks like a skeleton. May he rest in peace. <laughs> I don't know. He hasn't been dead that long. He probably looks like half a skeleton. I suppose that's true. Uh, What else? Uh, let's see. The guns in this just keep getting stupider. This one, These ones had weird little reflector things on the tops. All right. They just, like... It's like, well, it's the future. We'll make guns that don't look like guns. And then Standards of Practice shows up and goes, no, these still too, look too much like guns. You need to mm-hmm. not gun it up a bit. Hmm. I don't notice that, but I, but it makes sense to me that you do. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's still some pretty good design in this show. There's there's also some not. But, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, I do, I do like, like we were in a science lab in the future and it, it looked like that. Like all the machinery and stuff, I thought looked pretty good. Yeah. And there's a bit in the next episode where someone's wearing a motorcycle helmet, and I thought that looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, for the most part, I like the I like the look of this show. I think that's everything. All right then. Well, my quote is, uh, "Oh, surprise! I found a I found a funny row line." Mm-hmm. Shock mm-hmm. follows shock. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is at the very beginning in that sequence I was talking about that that uh, break in sequence, which this this just made me laugh. <laughs> Because, you know, she's Ro and she's funny. Yeah. That's it. All right. Well, on to the next part. Wired. Wired part one. Please, Maggie, tell us tell us uh, half of what happens in the Wired saga. So we open on an exhaustively long and repetitive car chase featuring two vehicles that can fly, both of whom stick to the road like glue. Once again, it's Bennett. And as his slowly approaching Planet Express ship catches up to Zeta and Ro, a trio of nerd duels on hoverbikes arrive to save the day. They disable the ship and take the heroes back to their cunningly hidden secret base, a series of affordable homes in a cul-de-sac. Bennett will never think to look in, dun-dun-dun, my old childhood neighborhood. (laughs) Anyway, we're introduced to Meg, some dude with a robot fetish whose name I forgot to learn, and Bus. Yes, I checked multiple times. His name is Bus. So the three reveal that they're, well, we'll just play my clip here. I hate the term hacker. We're freedom fighters. Yeah, how about that? They're not hackers, but freedom fighters. They're also big fans of Zeta and Ro. Bus is a especially big fan of Ro. And oh, God, is that what I'm like? Ugh. <laughs> And they want to help. Well, Bus wants to help Row into his bedroom so that he can keep her, his words. And Meg wants to disassemble Zeta to see what makes him tick. It's a clock, Meg. And <laughs> robot fetish guy mostly just wants to be a robot. And while I don't understand that, I do respect it. Zeta and Row are separated, but they both manage to escape when Bennett arrives, having not been fooled by the hacker's plan to drive away from them very fast. Honestly, that's been their plan since before they met these guys. Eventually, due to fucking around, Zeta is arrested by Bennett, and Roe is left with Bus to f- with Bus to find him. We'll get you your freedom, Z, she says to nobody in particular. I know it. 
some of my buses. This is some of my buses. I had to, like, I checked uh-huh. and it's like, yeah, his name's Bus. I'm like, well, that can't possibly be right. Hang on a second. Let, let well, me check means- some real. Uh, it's it's the uh it's part of a computer the bus I don't this this is it this goes to early computing like I don't know well actually USB the B in USB is bus uh, universal serial bus oh um but yeah it's it means like the connector inside the thing like the the type of connection I I might be getting this wrong I did know old school computing mm-hmm. back in the day but it's been a long ass time but it is a component of a computer the guy whose name you didn't remember and mm-hmm. why would you because he's pretty forgettable uh-huh. uh, is plug. Oh God! Yeah, so they I'm... all have one. They all have one syllable names. It's like Meg Plug Bus. Yeah, but like, well, I guess I guess Meg is also a computer. Yeah, term. Meg, like yeah. megabytes. You know, she she then later changed her name to Gig mm-hmm. and Tear and so on. Yeah. There's a bit in this episode where they're after they've disassembled uh, Zeta. Uh, she goes like, "Wow, he's got over a hundred gigs of memory in here." I'm like, "Whoa!" Uh-huh. Well, of of memory is different than hard drive, Maggie. <laughs> This is, never mind. This is something you have to explain to. Never mind. I'm sorry, Al. I don't speak computer. I mean, I know that. <laughs> That's why all my computers are so bad. Well, um, no, no, I don't. I mean, I don't have a hundred. Like, I have 16 gigs of memory mm-hmm. at this point. That's still a lot. Mm-hmm. Also, I got to say, I like the I like to turn a phrase "nerd do wells." That's very good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to comment on. Yeah, no, you are nothing like this guy. Oh, thank God. But. Maybe he doesn't want Roe. Maybe he wants to be Roe. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't know that yet. Yeah. Because we watched you go through something similar. Listen, like, Bus, know. if you want to be a girl, you can just be a girl. No one can stop you. Plus, it's They're the future. They're trying, it's but... I mean, he was wearing the same shirt Yeah, that as was Ro. a that was a tip. Yeah. I do like, near the end of the episode, she's like, I got to get some new shirts. <laughs> <laughs> like, apropos of nothing, she doesn't look at him or anything. Mm-hmm. She's just like... Ugh. I had a, there's a part right at the beginning where, like, they're they're chasing after the Planet Express ship, and you get, like, mm-hmm. just sort of a hint of them, basically, and I sort of, like, it's like, was that someone wearing Rose's shirt? And then I had a moment where I'm like, oh, God, is this going to be Rose's brother or something? Mm-hmm. Just wearing the same shirt? That's how shirt? you know, because he wears the same clothes. Yeah? No. These guys have been following them on the internet, and, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, there's been pictures of her, and like, ooh, I love that shirt. I could get that shirt. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I wish I could get that shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, you can. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I the thing is, I get why you chose your quote, and it does sound ridiculous. But I genuinely have a soft spot for actual hacker types who use their abilities to mm-hmm. either create actual chaos or help, like just give people, you know, like a Robin Hood. Oh, kind yeah, of thing. absolutely. It's just it's 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 her delivery of it though that's yeah. like yeah. No, you don't. You never say that. Yeah. We don't see our... I hate the term hacker. We're freedom fighters. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah, we're not We're not Trekkies. We're Trekkers. Uh-huh. La-dee-fucking-da. Uh-huh. Let's go, get, let's go get that printed on t-shirts that you didn't steal from me personally. Uh-huh. Well, you wouldn't print a t-shirt. Oh, yeah. yes, you would. I, I would absolutely... I would steal any car I could if I thought I could get away with it. You don't even drive. No, I don't. Hmm? I just All want right. a collection of downloaded cars. Yeah. You went into a Bruce McCullough thing. <laughs> Downloaded cars. <laughs> and then not, I downloaded a car. <laughs> I'm not high. I'm just noticing things as if for the first time. <laughs> uh, I did want his Zelda hat. Uh, so what was your good thing? It kind of ties into what we're talking about. I right? was honestly uh, surprised that the hackers slash freedom fighters uh, were actually mm-hmm. the bad guys of this episode. Yeah. Like, I have watched a lot of cartoons, and mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of bad cartoons, and usually I can catch this kind of thing, and I did yeah. not see it coming. No. Like, Meg's a genuinely evil, lying piece of shit, and that rules. Yeah, I, she was obviously the leader of the group. Mm-hmm. These two guys had henchmen written all over them. Oh, yeah. And they're both, like, the ones with the weird fetishes. Mm-hmm. She's the one who has a plan. Yeah. She's like, I want to disassemble Zeta so I can yeah. and use him. One of them's like, I want to jerk off to Ro, and the other's like, I want to jerk off to Zeta. And yeah. she's like, well, you guys could help me, but you're not doing either of those things around me. Yeah, no. Out. Everybody out. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is tear apart this sentient creature mm-hmm. as he looks on in horror. Yep. The the bit where he's disassembled and she's just like 
got him chained down is actually creepy, and I really There's, like that. Yeah, I, I I wrote down like I don't know how they manage body horror with a guy who isn't even a guy. Yeah, but they did at the beginning of that sequence where he just looks down and he doesn't have an arm anymore. Yeah, and again, I've mentioned this many times. His face is just two circles and a, and a line mm-hmm. for a mouth. Like, there's not a lot of room for expression, but he looks horrified. Yep. It's very good. The, the, there's a bit later in the episode where, like, he's like, you, you you said once you disassembled me that you would put me back together. And she just goes, yeah, I lied. No, she says, that was a lie. Yeah. I lied. I'm a liar. Yeah. You didn't pick up on that? The fact that we lied to you the first time? You didn't mm-hmm. think that might happen again? No, I'm very gullible. I, I continue to like how naive he is. Yeah, it's great. Know, he wants to trust people. Mm-hmm. I like that. And yeah. I like that Roe has to teach him not to. Mm-hmm. And she's not around, so he just does. Yeah, she's got her own fucking problems. Oh, she in sure the does. Grossest Although, fucking bedroom ever. Well, this is kind of your bad thing. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I mean, I can tell you right now, it's bus. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gross. Yeah. He is so fuck like they go f- he shows up wearing her shirt which look I've said this numerous times on this show including on this episode that's a great shirt and I want it um, and I don't hate the uh hey a boy can wear a girl's yeah. shirt cuz who the fuck cares yeah absolutely that's that's not bad uh but then we get him uh then he takes her back to his bedroom and it's just there's a long pan of like photos of her yeah and it's really gross yeah and he just, he's like, yeah, I locked the door, and you're just going to live with me from now on. And don't yeah. worry, my parents are going to love you. That's just, ugh, oh. Yeah, it's real uh, uh, Howie from Batman Beyond. A- a- exactly. And also, like, I, I, I can't speak to this because we haven't seen it yet, but it re- like the episode ends with the two of them together and him like, I'm sorry for what i done. Oh, yeah, they're going to redeem him. Yeah, yeah. they're going to give him a redemption arc, and it's going to be real. I'm going to get real mad. Well, the, the, the way this kind of two-parter usually unfolds is maybe these bad guys aren't so bad, given mm-hmm. that the NSA is worse. So let's uh, let's put aside our differences. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Now I want them to, like, team up with the NSA to fight these guys. Well, I mean, again, post 9-11, they're mm-hmm. supposed to be more sympathetic. Yeah. Weirdly, this ties into my good thing. Huh. Got uh, on a roll today. <laughs> Being Wes's new partner is such a thankless job, but that does not mean it has to be a thankless role. And mm-hmm. I immediately love Agent Rush and her complete impatience with that moron. I love how much West is just being West and just being like an asshole. And she's like, uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, she says, uh, she says, Bennett, I can, I can, I can get him if I leave right now. And he's like, uh, take him with you. Mm-hmm. And she said, I can move a lot faster without him. And he says, so could we. Yep. Which is great. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. Like, and I feel like Lee was like this at the beginning. I feel mm-hmm. like when we joined her, she had been beaten down by years of this yep. and she didn't bother anymore. But this is, this is the beginning of this relationship, and she wants no part of it. Well, that's the thing, is it feels like Lee was carrying West for years. Oh, yeah. And now he's lost that, like, that support. He's got to start, like, thinking for himself. Or at least, like, uh, chumming up to, to her to yeah. make her cover up for his idiocy as well. Um, I should mention she is a woman of color. Yep. Uh, they actually draw her with, and I, I don't, you know, I'm, I always want to be careful about mm. this. Like, I don't want to say it wrong and I don't want to sound like I'm being, you know, good for you. Like, I don't want to be yeah. condescending about this for Christ's sake. But I'm saying they drew her with, like, black lady hair. Like, yeah. They gave her, like, hair like you would see in real life. Mm-hmm. Rather than, oh, no, this is safe for children. We don't want to scare them with our, you know, you, you know, what I, it's it's a mm. thing that happened in static a lot. Where yeah. it's like, oh, these look like actual people instead of like safe for TV people. Yeah. And she looks like that, too. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah. And like, I like her voice performance. I like the character model. I, I like her just general attitude. At one point, he's dangling because <laughs> we said it before. He's a dangler. Mm-hmm. And uh, she leaves him. Yeah. It's great. She's like, I, also. I got to give credit to uh, Michael Rosenbaum mm. for I, this had to have been improv- improvised. This couldn't have been. In, I mean, it might have been in the script, but as she's talking or, or doing whatever, he's going on and on. Mm-hmm. And he says, help, get me down. I'm really high up. <laughs> but it just it didn't sound like a scripted line. It just just keep going for a minute. Uh huh. <clears throat> Don't worry. But, we'll use some of this. Mm-hmm. Help. But he's I mean, my favorite my favorite trick as a voice director always has been get what I need and then let you keep going until you realize you don't need to do oh, it Oh, yeah. I won't tell, I won't call cut. You you call cut on yourself. You you get weird shit that way. I know. As someone that's who's been I, on the other end of that, yeah. That's why I do it and it works. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, anyway, no, she leaves him and he's not going to like die or anything, but she's like, no, I could get them. Like, why would I stop and help you when I'm, when I'm actively pursuing someone? You deal with it yourself. You got yourself into this. I don't understand. Usually my partner's job is to save me. Oh, honey. But yeah, she's she's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Love it. A her. plus. I, I, I made a note in the previous episode uh, where I said, are there any good supporting characters mm-hmm. in this show? Like everyone who isn't the main two, I could not care less. Yeah, about. absolutely. And- that turned around dramatically when they introduced uh, Agent Rush here. So. Mm-hmm. She is awesome. Yeah. I don't dislike Bennett either, but, you know. There's not a lot to him. Mostly he's just still, even though we got a glimpse into him, he's still mostly just an antagonist. Yeah. And, like, he mostly just yells. Like, I, I have a lot of affection for him just because I like Kurtwood Smith. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it. Well, and also he hates West. Yeah. Who he's usually yelling at is the guy who deserves to be yelled yeah, at. Yeah, well, I respect that. Yeah. Also, I like his sunglasses. Like, look, I'm a sucker for cool uh, for cool glasses. Cool, cool glasses. Cool, cool shades. Yeah. Cool, cool shades. <clears throat> Dripping yellow madness. <laughs> Dripping yellow madness moved away in the fourth grade. We know because <laughs> Bennett chased him. Mm. Uh, uh, so my bad thing. Yep. I guess Buck, you, you, you. Interestingly, you did not mention this. Funny, that isn't it. Hmm. Bucky, mm-hmm. your favorite character. Mm-hmm. Speaking of speaking of terrible uh, supporting cast, mm-hmm. supporting and recurring, I should say. Uh, I guess he's their Max now, like their Oracle, their guy in the room who mm-hmm. like, comes up on a screen and gives them information about what's happening because he pops up in the car, and I was like, well, that's weird. But they're driving in the desert. Maybe they're still just near his house. Mm-hmm. And then. Again, when they're with the hackers, he he busts in and says, "Hey, these guys are bad news." Like a second too late, and yep. it's like, "Oh shit, he is. He's their he's their max now." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you pointed out, I saw this in your notes that he's in the opening credits. I think I missed that, but yeah. So uh, we got they did new actually op- change the credits. We right. got new opening credits. Um, mm-hmm. There's basically your sort of generic. Um, well, it's like what Superman from, did. Yeah, it's cli- it's clips from the show, basically. And honestly, that is like, yeah, they don't have money, so that's the way you do it. If you can't animate a new one just use some halfway decent clips from what you've already got yeah so that's better that's in, that is an improvement now the and also they cut out almost all of the dialogue yeah there's two like there's the very beginning i am zeta mm-hmm. and then there's rose wonderful line at the end yep which and that's uh, it. i believe i'm gonna remember for the rest of my life like uh, we're gonna be back that... on, we're gonna be back on star trek and someone's gonna show up unexpectedly and i'm gonna go look out it's bennett what it'll be is ensign Rowe will show up again yep as like Admiral Roe or whatever. <laughs> and you think, oh, Roe, of course. I love Roe. Mm-hmm. I love Yeah, two no, the, the intro is better now, but Bucky's in it, which sort of implies you need to know who this character is because he's a character and he sure is. He, he's he's their guy now. Yeah. Now, I haven't looked it up. Um, no, but but it came from out of nowhere in this episode. It feels like something we're just expected to roll with. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, this is the guy on the other end of the phone. And like, like I say, between that and the new opening credits, it feels like this is meant to be the season premiere. And yeah. this is this is the actual halfway point. Like mm-hmm. the, the previous one was number 13 and there's 13 to go. So it makes sense. But again, th- what I read said, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The point is production wise, this probably was season two. Mm-hmm. So and now now they're like, well, we got this great character. How do we keep him around? Mm-hmm. Let's just keep using Bucky over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. What a great idea that is. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh, what else? Uh, we do, We get an animation bump, but I couldn't tell you if it was up or down. I didn't notice a difference. Really? Okay, so... Well, you're, you're, you're better at the visual stuff. I'm better at the audio stuff. So I noticed a couple of things in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's got kind of, like, Roe especially. He's mm-hmm. got the anime eyes now. Okay, I did notice that, yeah. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I get it. I'm not ready to say that's a, that's a change across the whole series. Cause sometimes what happens is they get a different animation mm. studio who does things just a little different. You know, we get, we get the occasional Batman episode that they would have a little extra visual something sure. to it. You know what I mean? Like if it, if they do it again, you know, next week, then mm. it's like, okay, you're right. It's just stuff. I definitely know. One yeah. of the nice things is like, since the last episode really feels like the last episode of yeah. uh, the first season, mm-hmm. you can sort of compare it. Yeah. And the other thing is, um, Zeta's eyes glow now, kind of. 
Huh. It's a weird. Su- yeah, check it out. It's a weird sort of subtle thing, but they definitely feel like they're like brighter. Oh, well, I like that then. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. It's the opposite of that, actually. Yeah. I mean, that both of those things are more design things, mm-hmm. though. The animation itself, where you know, where things are actually moving, still not still not very good. No, it's still, yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. You didn't talk when you talked about how terrible bus was, you did not mention the song. Oh God, I didn't. He said he wrote a whole song about Roe, which he then sang very badly to uh-huh. her. Uh it includes the line, she fights like the boys. Ugh. Which is the most, like, oh, so you're from Reddit then. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. <laughs> Great. Super. I just don't think that women should, actually, I could probably just stop right there. <laughs> they did, they did a great, I, I wanted to mention this earlier and, and we got off on something else, but um, uh, they did a thing where, uh, 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 what's her name, Meg is disassembling him mm-hmm. and he's like, uh, and, and she's like, uh, and and your friend's still in trouble too because bus is bad news. And they cut back to him being wailed on for the seventh or eighth time yep. in a row by row. It's it's just like that cut from Last Crusade mm-hmm. where it's like he'll blend in, disappear. Does anyone here speak English? How about ancient Greek? Oh, it's so good. No, I don't want any water. Fish fuck in it. <laughs> <laughs> he's thinking, he said make love in it, but <laughs> um. But it's it's exactly that. Mm-hmm. It's bus bus is real bad news. Ow! <laughs> Stop hitting me. That's very good. There is also a bit. I don't think they were going for this when they're first in his disgusting room, mm-hmm. and he's looking around for something. I don't remember for what. something disgusting. I imagine. I I think it was some MacGuffin to get his computer. You know, gotta get that serum. Oh my computer! But he's he's digging around in a cabinet, mm-hmm. and they cut. To Roe, I think it's when Roe starts talking to Bucky. And, yeah. And this is off in the background. And it, it's kind of like what I was talking about with Wes, but it's more like when you're playing like an adventure game and a side character's doing something mm-hmm. and you're not helping them fast enough and it starts sort of repeating itself. Yep. Like you hear him clanging around inside this cabinet. I knew I put it somewhere. Where is it? Mm-hmm. I know where it is. And then you hear it again. I knew I put it somewhere. Where is it? <laughs> and it goes on for a long time. Yep. It's like, wow. This NPC, like this director needed to call cut later. Andrew Romano, I know you're better than that. Yeah, come on. I'm not really trying my best on this show for some reason. I mean, last episode, the guy she cast as Selleck was good. That was good. The, Who- the dude, Whoever he was. Yeah. The dude, well, I'm not looking it up again. Yeah, uh, no. The dude playing- What is this, a uh, show? The dude playing Bus was such a stereotypical nerd voice. Oh, Yeah. And he wasn't putting on a voice. She cast someone who sounds like mm-hmm. that, but it doesn't make it better. And of course, uh, something you, you hadn't mentioned, but we should call out, of mm-hmm. course, they drew him fat. Yep. Because look, he's unappealing. That must mean he's fat. Mm-hmm. Ugh, come on, man. Well, they, they, they lovingly render the shirt like stretched over him. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm almost, I'm surprised you didn't see a little roll of belly fat like, I, poking out of the bottom. Honestly shocked, but. Uh... Yeah, we both have the tag. Oh, I get it. It's funny because he's fat. Uh huh. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, there's a bit where uh, Meg's pulling stuff out of Zeta, and he's like, "But removing removing my CPU will shut me down for good." Mm-hmm. And I just thought fried chicken because you've now conditioned me <laughs> to think of the worst joke I've ever heard all the time. <laughs> I'm so proud. Ugh. I love that terrible joke. It's a it's a conspiracy between you and Flonk and Captain Lou Albano. Uh huh. And maybe Cindy Lauper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. I like. I, I I was wanting an excuse to hang out with Cindy Lauper. All right. Planning your downfall is as good a reason as any. Well, I don't know why. I've been nothing but kind to you. I don't know why either. But here we are. Okay. Uh, what else? Uh, you mentioned uh Zeta with his arm off. Um, mm-hmm. I like Lucas the little, with the lid off. Yep. Yes. I like the little tendrils to reattach it. Yep. Like. No, the, we get a the chase sequence at the end where he's putting himself back together. Mm-hmm. I always like the glimpses into his interior. Yes. There's some real good stuff there. Um, I do like the cliffhanger being that the NSA got him. Like, yes. It's it's like you were saying last episode, I don't want them just looking for Selleck, but him never being findable mm-hmm. forever. That's so boring. It's the same with this. Them just chasing him, but never catching him is boring. Now, now they've caught, like, they caught him once. That's yeah. good. Like, you know. Now they got to get him out of there. Like yeah. it's, it, es- it escalates. It's well, not the same boring, unfulfillable chase. Yeah. It's, 
it's something a little different now, and I like that. Well, and I, like as it's one of those things that have been building up all season, you know. Like, yeah. look out, it's Bennett. We, what will happen if he catches us? Now we're gonna find out. Well, now like, he did, and and what he said was he's like they're gonna wipe his brain. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, his brain. <laughs> <laughs> brain and brain. What is brain? Mm, uh, well, Bucky can tell you. Uh, no. Up and uh... <laughs> this interview is over. <laughs> Interview? Uh, what else? Uh, let's see. Uh, that is about all that I have. Yeah, I don't. I think that's it. Yeah. Was, you know, this wasn't bad. I like the first one better. But mm-hmm. uh, these two, like like we both said, we were expecting a, a real dip in quality. And the, the writing's still pretty good. Yeah. Not amazing. Better than last week. Oh, yeah. Last but week, like, I hope, was the low point. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like these weren't, neither of these were perfect, but I had fun watching them. Yeah, no, the first one in particular, mm-hmm. like really went to some new places, but also sort of, you know, re reasserted itself. Yeah. And like did some good stuff. That opening just very like, oh yeah, I do like this show actually. I mean, I don't like, look, having already seen all of Justice mm-hmm. like many times, like I can say with confidence, this is going to be my least favorite of the shows we covered. On yeah, this no, listen, podcast. no one's saying, well, I guess uh, Lobo could be really, really terrible. I don't, I'm not going to count those. Come on. But um, like, yeah, like, look, it's this is never going to be as good as anything else we've watched. But like, no, even static. Yeah. But, you know, I like it. Yeah, it's fine. I, if this show went for, you know, 100 episodes, I would have been much more hesitant to include it. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be done with this like in another month. Yeah. And a half. So like, yeah, who cares? This is something <laughs> I will probably look back on fondly for the most part. Uh, this is I guarantee this is something that. Someone will reference in three months, mm-hmm. and I will remember absolutely nothing about. It. Oh, absolutely! They'll say, "Look out, it's Bennett," and I'll say, "Who's Who? Bennett?" Yeah. Why do I need to look out? What are you talking about? I'm not. I I refuse to look out. Mm-hmm. I don't look out for anyone I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Bennett or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Tony Bennett. Yeah. Look out! It's oh. Tony Bennett. Okay. I'm not actually sure who that is. I only know him from The Simpsons. Like I know everything. Of course. And my my brain is just giving me the um, Robert Goulet episode, uh-huh. not Tony Bennett. So that doesn't help me no, at all. It's the Capital City one. Uh, oh, it's Tony Bennett. Yeah. How you folks doing? There's a swing in town. I, I know, know. I know you can do a better Marge than that. Come I on. can't. Marge is hard. It's, hang on. <clears throat> my boy. It's Tony Bennett. <laughs> my boy. They took Look what they boy. did to my boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know if I love you anymore, homie. I just think they're neat. <laughs> I'm turning into Mo there. Hey, hey, who's that, that little man guy? over there? Oh, hello. Hello. It's okay. Boy. I think we're getting a little punchy. It might be time to go. You don't say. Any any other thoughts about this? No, I think that's everything. Okay, Mom. Turning into a whole strong bad character. No, you're turning into early Tracy Alba. <laughs> Good night, Mom. Okay, boy. Okay, but let's go out for chocolate frosty <laughs> milkshakes. Boy. Okay, on on your Alan Maggie bingo card. <laughs> it's World It's been War a little III. while, but here comes chocolate frosty <laughs> milkshakes. Oh God! If you have an Alan Maggie card, I'd love to see it. Yeah, look. We say a lot of the same shit, but been a little while since we pulled that one out. Mm-hmm. It's World War Three. <laughs> what is mind? No matter. Mm-hmm. What is matter? Never mind. <laughs> now, I would be extra impressed with either of us if we could quote, uh, like, early Homer that wasn't from that clip show. Yeah, me neither. That was from the other shorts that, you know. I never watched any of them. Really? Yeah, I, I only know it from uh, the clip mm. show. Weird. Yeah, I I did. I watched the Tracy Ullman show just for that. I didn't know they were called the Simpsons yet. Mm-hmm. I just thought that funny cartoon family. But like, yeah, the, the 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 yellow family. Yeah, like everyone, like you know, because there was no prime time cartoons. Yeah, like there was no. What are you talking about? Cartoons, there was the Flintstones, written... and that stopped. Yeah, that stopped in like the late '60s. Yeah, maybe the early '70s, mm-hmm. but a long fucking time before I was born. And uh, yeah, it was it was such a big deal, and you know, having kind of an adult sensibility. Yeah. Like, even then, they were doing some pretty racy stuff. There was a bit where Bart like uh, towel fell off in the bath, and he's like running around the house, and you see his bare ass. Like, mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those split second things. It was like I just saw a kid's butt on TV. Yeah. Well, stick around for a while. You're gonna see the rest of him too. See his doodle too. Yep. 
<sighs> I remember because the year that happened, you you saw Peter Parker's penis as well, and you were like, well. Those are two penises I never thought I'd see. And uh, uh, Harry Potter's. Oh, it was three. That's yeah. right. It's like, yeah. this is a weird year for me. Mm-hmm. No, you saw Daniel Radcliffe's penis. That, that is true. We don't speak of what he did before. Mm-hmm. By Daniel the way, Radcliffe, uh, good guy, bad movies. You need to see that. Well, he's, he's spoken out against. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you need to see that Weird Al movie. I do need to see that Weird Al movie. He was so great. Daniel Radcliffe rules. Yeah, he does. You know, dude made yep. a lot of money on uh, some crap. Yeah. And uh, now he just like, yeah, I want to be in weird movies for the rest of my life. Yeah, but that's the move. Yeah. If you can pull it off, you make like you make the, the big bucks and mm-hmm. then you say, now I have a ticket to do what I want. Or, yeah. you know, every couple of years you do something big and stupid mm-hmm. and then you go back to indie stuff. I, th- I feel like a lot of the Marvel guys want to do that and then they get trapped. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got those contracts like, no, 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 sweetie. You're going to be here forever. You signed up for nine movies. Yeah. yeah. but I thought that was a joke. Nobody does nine movies. Sam oh. Jackson is begging for death at this point. Just please yeah. don't put me in anymore. No, no. You're going to be in the uh, Secret Invasion TV series. A TV? Come on, man. Oh, I'm, I'm Sam, Sam Jackson. Jackson. Also, also, I'm probably like 70 now. Yeah. I like the idea that Sam Jackson doesn't know how old he is. <laughs> Come on. I'm, I'm probably 70. I, I used to know, but you de-aged me and re-aged oh, me. Oh, shit. And... That's true. Plus, you know, I got all these documents I can't read very well because I'm wearing a fucking eye patch all the time. You won't let me take the eye patch off. Oh, no. We poked your eye out. Mm-hmm. That's part of the contract. Yeah. You gotta the, read these things. The and stupid then, uh, <laughs> soap that we watch, there's an eye patch character. You know, every oh, yeah, soap has an eye patch character. And we saw some interview with them without the eye patch. It was real weird. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't have two eyes. What's wrong with you? Put that, put that back on. You're scaring people. Uh-huh. All right, I think it's time to go. Why? We get really uh, weird and rambly at the end here. I mean, I don't care about that, but I, you know, I gotta, I gotta do a Tinseltown appearance F- soon. Fair. So, uh, so there's that. Plus, I think we have a, we have a joint one coming up soon as well. We do. So uh, check that out if mm-hmm. you like. Please do. Um, and speaking of things you can check out, our Patreon is reviewing Batman: The Brave and the Bold, mm-hmm. and uh, a new one just went up. We covered the infamous musical episode yeah. and some other thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, check that out, uh, patreon.com slash Algar. You can uh, uh, contribute as little as $1 a month. Uh, you get access I, I sh- to a huge catalog of, yeah, of stuff. Yeah, everything we've reviewed for this show, also stuff we've done for several other shows, mm-hmm. it's it's worth. Uh, I should mention, I, I'm, I'm not going to play this card often, but I want to say this once. I was recently laid off from my day job. Mm-hmm. A little, little extra money coming our way wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah, kick out a couple of bucks. He's a nice guy. Just, just saying. Yeah, just saying. You don't have to keep doing it. Just do it for a no, while. For a little while. Yeah. You know, you'll you'll get some content for it. Yeah, we're good for that. Mm-hmm. I feel like putting out at least one show a week for the last fifteen years. Guys, we do so much shows. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you could do a show for us once in a while. How about that? Mm, I, oh wait, some of you we, did. We don't need more podcasts. Yeah, thanks. Fine. There's a, there's enough. <laughs> there's enough podcasts. You don't say. <sighs> Uh, our website, as ever, kidslovebatman.com. Mm-hmm. We are still on Twitter until there's no more Twitter. Yep. Uh, at Algar. At Maggie Robots. And that's all for this time. Yep. See ya, folks. Twala, dumbass. <laughs> for more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt. Copyright 2023, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. 